We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. Breaking news, Terry Rozier. He'll be the next starting point guard of the Charlotte Hornets. Step back, wide open, and it's good! Terry Rozier! All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another BuzzBeat episode. Don't forget, we are a member of the Blue Wire Network. You can find all of our episodes on the newly designed BlueWirePods.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. Today's episode is going to feature some reactions to the Clippers game um, from last night. I guess it'll be two nights ago when you're listening to this. Some recent player performance reactions. I think that there's some good ones, uh, probably more good than actually disappointing, I I would say, BG. And then we're going to look ahead to the remainder of the West Coast trip for Charlotte. Uh, They've got Sacramento and Golden State remaining on this trip. So it gets a little easier from here. Uh, Richie will not be with us on this episode. He's sitting this one out out tonight, something else to deal with. So it'll be me, Spencer Percy, and Brian Geisinger. BG, what's up? Not much, man. Busy day um, with uh, some NCAA news that trickled out on uh, mm. Tuesday afternoon. But, you know, strange news day aside, um, things are pretty good. Enjoying the uh, the NBA season so far. Um, and actually pretty excited to talk some Hornets basketball. I feel like even with the 1-3 and three record, there's some, some good vibes and some positive stuff to take a note of as we sort of overreact perhaps a little bit to a uh, four-game sample here. Yep, no question. You know, it hadn't been the easiest start for Charlotte, having to play both L.A. teams on their home floor and going west almost immediately. I mean, you know, back-to-back nights against two teams that could be playing in the Western Conference Finals against each other, right? So <laughs> yeah. not not an easy beginning for Charlotte. But, but some bright spots. I think you and Richie talked about the Lakers game. Uh, I reacted to that, so so we don't have to get in that too much. But let, let's dive into last night, uh, second straight night in the Staples Center. Hornets lose 111-96 to the Clippers, but another game in where, frankly, they're in it in the third quarter, maybe not as in this game as they were the Lakers late into the third quarter, uh, but they're leading this game um, by eight off the top of my head, BG. Maybe it got to double digits at one at one point in the second quarter. I mean, a lot to take, I think, again, from this game from the Hornets. P.J. Washington, another solid game. Devontae Graham, just steady Eddie, continues to probably – I mean, 
he's probably been the best player, you know, overall on this team on both ends. Cody Zeller would be in that conversation too. But solid games from Devontae, solid game uh, from P.J. Washington again. And Malik Monk, his first good performance of the season, 7 of 12 from the field, 15 points. He really needed that game, BG. Um, what were some of your reactions from this one? I, I will say this. Hornets had got in transition a lot to begin the season. Uh, the Clippers, very stout defensively, took that completely away from Charlotte. So I was, I was a little surprised to only 83 shots for the Hornets having to operate at the half court. And they were, you know, not really, really efficient, but they weren't terrible either. Yeah, I mean, this is the, the the third straight game. The offense has just fallen off a cliff in the second half. Um, three straight games now, they've been under 0.9 points per possession in the second half. And their second half net rating overall this season is not good, even including against the uh, Chicago game, which they held on to win. But ultimately... These are the like these this kind of game. I think I said this after the Chicago game, which they won, obviously. But you want to see these guys play well. You want to see you want to see them play hard. You want to see them work on stuff as as James Brego tries to install a system and a culture and develop players here. You want to see the young guys show promise. Obviously, Devontae, even when he came back down to earth shooting the basketball against the Lakers, still at six free throws. Uh, six free throw attempts, five assists, and just one one turnover in that game. He's been magnificent in terms of assist to turnover once again this year, and he, obviously he got hot again against the Clippers. But I find myself focusing on P.J. Washington a lot when this team plays. Um, through four games now, 92% P.J.'s field goal attempts have been at the rim or have been th- threes, uh, 53% shooting at the rim, 50% three-point shooting, and he's 8 of 15 shooting from above the break. And as you noted on a pod last week, just it's interesting to see the way teams are starting to cover him a little bit. Not again, I don't think T- P.J.'s a guy that everyone, teams are just game planning to stop. There's no one on the Hornets roster that you've got to just build your structure, your defense around to um, to, to, to thwart, but you're going to key in on tendencies and, and try to take away guys' strengths. And I think we're seeing teams do that. He's shooting such a clean and pretty ball. I mean, that he can, he's got a quick shot. He got a couple of them off, one of them off right over the top of, of Zubac on a switch after he and Cody did a little DHO early in the game last night. But he just shoots a, a really simple shot. And it feels like even from above the break, like just it's just always in his range. But I'm curious to see how he counters when teams start to um, start to close out on him. And we're seeing him. He, he got to his left hand a couple times and settled for a floater at one point. And then another time he was able to knife into the paint and had a nice little drop pass to Cody Zeller. And Kawhi blocked it from behind. But that's the stuff that I'm really I'm really paying attention to as well. And as you said, Malik Monk needed this game last night. Didn't get to the rim a ton but just hit good shots from that sort of like floater zone area on the court mm-hmm. and uh they had some really nice success late in the first quarter and early in the second second quarter with um using monk as like a, a tr- like in like working in a partnership with Devonte graham and bismack biombo on these like empty side pick and rolls where you know, Monk would screen for Biombo's guy, and then Biombo would go run into uh, go, go screen for Graham's guy, and Monk would cut around to the top of the key or run weak side off a of, off two you know staggered screens on the other side. And I thought they got some good looks out of that. So far, so good. I've been I've been pleasantly not pleasantly surprised. I've just been impressed with some of the, which is how the young guys are playing so well in Charlotte. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I mean, this team 
and it, it proved to be true last night too. Uh, you know, they shoot 14 of 39 from behind the arc, so 30, 36%. Um, certainly down for Charlotte uh, from a, a four-game sample overall in the season, but good enough to keep them in, in this game. BG, I don't, I don't know if you realize this or not, but the Hornets are – hold on here a second. The Hornets are leading the league in three-point percentage when you throw out garbage time mm-hmm. uh, at almost 42%, um, shooting 43% from <laughs> above the break. Uh, actually 36%, which is middle of the league from the corners. So everywhere else on the floor, the Hornets are kind of predictably struggling in, um, but they're staying in games right now with that three-point shot. But, I mean, Mm -hmm. to the point you made, the ball's flying around. Uh, This team is very, very unselfish. Um, Even even the players that maybe have a little bit more of a selfish tag, I think, are moving the basketball pretty well. And then when you – you know, Terry Rozier, Devontae Graham, we saw a a, a really good lineup, I thought, when those two were on the floor together last night. Mm -hmm. When Rozier is able to get off the basketball, I think it's pretty evident here early in the season he's more comfortable. Um, He gets cleaner looks. He's – you know – He's able to attack closeouts, and and I don't I think that's more of his sweet spot above creating offense from from the start, right? And Devontae Graham has shown us that it's really the exact opposite for him. He can create offense from the very beginning of a possession uh, and do a great job of it. And once again, the guy is at the top of the league in assist to turnover ratio with with a lot more of a sample to go off here. Um, but yeah, I mean, other than that, last night I just thought that I was impressed with Charlotte's ability. To stay calm, stay under control, albeit they did turn it over 21 times, to really against a team that completely took them out of transition, which is what the Hornets have tried to do to start this season. I mean, only nine fast break points last night uh, against the Clippers, but they were able to scrap out 96 points. And I know the off- offensive rating doesn't look good, but for a young team that was taken out of what they want to do pretty obviously right away, they were still able to hang in this game. And I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, Devonta Graham now 9 of 17 on pull-up three-point attempts so far this season. Uh, Graham is shooting uh, 72% effective shooting out of the pick-and-roll this year, uh, 1.27 points per possession, which is obviously a, a monster number. And like you said, the Hornets are shooting well on threes, but uh, they're just taking good shots, too. They're, they're eighth in the league in effective shooting, 54%. They are seventh overall in three-point attempt rate, 40%. This is non-garbage time. The turnovers have been an issue. Like That's been a problem, obviously, for Rozier. That's been a problem for P.J. Washington, who's pretty high. You know, he's close to 24% turnover rate. Miles Bridges has had turnover issues. Rozier's just got really... He's got a really weird feel to the the pick and roll, and part of it is he's got this sort of like herky-jerky like motion when he's, when he's trying to slash and get to the rim, but Sometimes he can have a pretty clean pick-and-roll possession on the next time down the court. He'll just drive right. Cody or PJ will screen for him, and they'll be rolling to the hoop, and he'll just drive, like not like Snake, like cutting back across, but he'll literally just drive the basketball into his teammate. And uh, he's just, he just not naturally suited to be um, you know, an A1 pick-and-roll engine. And I think there's a possibility that we could see, especially if Graham Keith playing like this, uh, or, or even 80% of this, that you could, I could see a starting lineup of Devontae Graham, Terry Rozier, um, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges, and Cody Zeller, and then you move Dwayne yeah. Bacon to off the bench, you know, yeah. or or, or some yeah, some combination some combination of that, and who knows how uh, if Rozier is going to be too receptive to to that possibility, but but I could see that being something that they try to work in, but uh, 
the, the teams, they're playing pretty fast. They're taking a lot of threes. And, and ultimately, I think there's enough that every game uh, you can sort of hang your hat on as like, a, okay, this is this going forward, this is a good thing for, to, to build around. And with Washington, one other thing I just want to say, and I've been talking about him and tweeting about him a lot, but like, as you were sort of saying at the end, as you and I were talking about before we started recording today, like, if this is just what PJ is for the next you know, 10 to 12 years, like, if this is it, if he doesn't, like, build on this, then, like, he's just the new age Marvin Williams, and this is a guy that can, you can just play at multiple positions, he can guard multiple positions, and he'll be a guy that can always start and play leverage minutes for a team, including in the in the postseason. Now, if he's able to build on this, that'll be the thing to, I think, to monitor with Washington is, you know, is he able to take a jump during the season? If and when he hits the rookie wall, what what, ha- what what does he look like on the other side of that? You know, do we need, do, are we going to need another off season to see a, a jump in PJ's play? All of which is fine. It just I'll be curious to see is this a guy that slowly builds as the season goes along, and, and then there's a jump, or does, is year two going to be a perhaps a bigger a bigger boom year for for PJ? Yeah, it, that is going to be interesting to track. It's a good point, PJ. You know, I, we're, we're already starting to see it. I mean, last night the Clippers are, are very cognizant of where he is on the floor and, and taking away his airspace. And I would say in these last two games against the Lakers and the Clippers, he hasn't had as wide open of looks mm-hmm. um, as he was accustomed to in those first two games. He's just gotten them off quicker. Like, he, yeah. he's shown that already to be – he can adjust mentally quickly to adjustments in the NBA. We've already talked about that. But I've seen him do that with just getting that shot off quicker with a defender closer – and, you know, he continues to, to throw him down. But that will be interesting to watch because he is going to have to put the ball on the floor more or he's going to have to move it faster because teams are just going to start to take him away from the three-point line. So that's really that we're going to see it quickly, accelerated development. But that's a good problem to have. That means he's really tearing it up, which he has been. Uh, Malik Monk last night, also good. Mentioned him briefly earlier. Maybe we should uh, tip our cap to him. 7-12 to 12 from the field. One of five for behind the arc. Look, 15 points, that's great. Um, four turnovers, eh, not so great. But I thought defensively he fought last night. And when he sees a few shots go down, he's going to fight harder on the defensive end. I think at this point, BG, that's just the player Monk is. He's, yeah. a, he's, he's a streaky player. He has to see shots go down in order to really get going on both ends of the floor. And it's what we've seen in the past, last season certainly, and then to start this season through four games. He's a complete ghost, and you forget he's on the team for a game. And then last night he comes in, and he scores 15 points and has a you know has a plus four net rating mm-hmm. when, when very few guys on this team had a positive plus minus last night. So um, And maybe a, a little extra pep in his step going against uh, his mentor, Lou Williams. Lou, what do you think? Sweet, sweet Lou, no <laughs> sweet, doubt. Sweet Lou. Yeah. Sweet Lou. Yeah, Malik, I mean, he's gotten to the rim more this year. Uh, close to 40% of his shots have come at the rim. Uh, turnovers are up, but assist rate is up too. I, I just think it's one of those things that he's playing with better verve. I think, like you said, for a guy like Monk, who who it feels like if you just if you walked in a gym and just saw this guy playing, he feels like he would just like exude confidence. But to your point, I think he's one of those guys where like he's got to see if you go down the hatch before he can really dig in defensively. But I think overall his defensive effort has been mostly fine this year. And again, I mean, he forced uh, – he had the, the steal on Williams. He forced three offensive fouls last night. He had a block and a steal last night. I looked this up earlier today. This was one of like seven or eight games he's had in his two and a half years in the NBA now 
where he's had at least one block, one steal, one three-pointer in the game. So, yeah, get, you know, you're getting friendly with filters there, though. It doesn't mean too much. But I thought, overall, Malik played well. And I think so far this season, he's um, I think he's shown enough on both ends of the court that uh, it warrants him to be a more – to be sort of a – a bigger part of the team's offense too, and not have those games where he just sort of like drifts and sits in the corner. I, th- I think that's been a point of frustration for people that, that are following the team. I'd like to see Malik play on ball and see what he can do, even if it's going to be messy with uh, turnovers. And ultimately, man, the Hornets losing these games. I mean, maybe it stinks in a vacuum, but ultimately they, they need to lose these games. <laughs> like it's, they've got to yeah. lose these games yeah. and they've got to go get a, a top three pick. Correct. You know, I thought it was nice, too, and then we can move on here. Uh, forcing 21 turnovers uh, last night against a good Clippers team. You know, not a lot of steals, um, only five steals for the Hornets. But they were physical defensively, and they mm-hmm. were, I thought, pretty in tune, to be honest. Um, you know, tagging the roller, getting back out to the outside, taking away the three-point line. I mean, Hornets have done an okay job of that this year. So yeah. everything has been at the rim for opponents if they want it. And the Hornets were a little bit better last night. But but they have done a decent job of tagging, getting back to three-point shooters, forcing opponents to put the ball on the floor. And, and that's nice to see with the young team. Kawhi Leonard, I mean, 30 points, Dude, 10 of 18 from the floor. He's, you can't he's do ridiculous. anything with him. He's, he had a couple possessions last night where you're just like, this. it's just comical. Like, the, what, just, what, do, what can you do? What? And I felt that way about Anthony Davis the night before. Before and Carl Anthony Towns a couple nights ago, like right. against those dudes, you just throw your hands up. I mean, you're, you do, you're you do. And, and you know what, Miles Bridges, I, I thought he did a fine job. I mm-hmm. mean, as good of a job like as you can do. Um, he he is certainly. You know, you can tell that he digs in more when he has to guard that best wing, like a Kawhi Leonard. Um, LeBron too. LeBron, same way. You know, and. And we've talked about this a ton. Miles is not a guy who's going to get in a deep defensive stance and really battle to keep the ball in front. But he has become more attuned to to defending really good players or just defending in general and sending the action where the team defensive concepts wants to send it. Borrego, they want to send everything to the baseline, trap it, shrink the floor. And Miles is... You know, to my surprise, I got to be honest, he's done a pretty good job. The ball's on the left side of the floor. He's forced into that side of the baseline, gets his left foot, or excuse me, gets his right foot in the right position. If it's on the right side of the floor, he gets his left foot high and he forces it down. And the Hornets have been able to to hang in defensive possessions by simply knowing where to send the basketball. And if Miles isn't going to be a lockdown wing defender, he can at least understand angles and be a good team defender. And I think we've seen some good signs and get some really good players yeah. uh, for whatever it's worth through you know, he, these two games. He's got a ways to go as far as like a team defender off the ball and stuff like that. But you're right. there's some there, He's shown some good signs against against tough competition. He's, he's played hard. And ultimately, these are like good experiences for he and like – I mean, PJ Washington had to get matched up with Anthony Davis <laughs> two nights ago. Like, it, ultimately, these are hopefully things that those dudes can build on uh, going forward. They're going to need them. And I thought they did an okay job against Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell pick and roll. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen those guys just carve up some teams, including the Warriors earlier in the year. And I thought the Hornets did an okay job. And uh, you know, we're not going to be able to get all the way into Cody Zeller talk tonight. And Richie and I touched on him some earlier in the week, but. Man, what a job Cody Zeller is doing for this team on on both ends of the court. I just can't can't stress enough how complete and good of a two-way center he is now, and he's shown the ability to shoot some threes. He had three threes in the game last night against the Clippers. I mean, who defunct that a couple of years ago? Hopefully the big fella can stay healthy because he is so key to them on, on both ends of the court. 
humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave? It hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. They focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it it gives me a close shave, easy glide, and a low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is return to the essential quality, durable blades at a fair price. Just $2 per blade. Blade refills are delivered directly to your door on your schedule with or without a subscription. And there's no risk to you for trying them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a free refund. Listeners of our show can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash blue wire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip, five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated, and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today. The holiday rush is coming, and if you sell online, you better get ready with ShipStation. With more people buying online than ever before, you have to be able to keep ship orders out quickly, efficiently, and affordably. But how do you keep track of all those orders? Or decide which shipping carrier to use? Or if you're getting the best rates? Luckily, ShipStation can help. With just a few clicks, you'll be managing orders, printing labels, and getting those products out the door and delivered in time for the holidays. No matter where you're selling, Amazon, Etsy, even your own website, ShipStation brings all your orders into one simple interface, making them really easy to manage from any device, even your cell phone. No wonder ShipStation is the number one choice of online sellers. You'll ship more in less time with the best rates available. Take the hassle out of the holiday shipping this year. Let ShipStation help you handle it with ease. Just use our offer code BLUE to get a 60-day free trial. It's two months free of no hassle, stress-free holiday shipping. Just visit ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in blue. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code blue. ShipStation, make ship happen. All right, let's um, let's take a few minutes here, and we'll just pick a few players. I do want to start with Devontae Graham uh, and just talk about some early season performances that that maybe have surprised us surprised us Devante bg has been beyond anyone's wildest dreams <laughs> kind of good this year uh 17 and a half points seven and a, almost seven and a half assists and he's only averaging two turnovers per game this is all in 28 minutes i mean he's been actually shooting almost 54 percent from behind the arc 44 percent from the floor uh, he just looks, I mean, the shots are going down, but there's something that looks different about Devontae this year and his confidence. And, you know, I, I thought about this today, and, and I'm not, not trying to stir the pot here, but I, I do think that there's something to be said about Devontae coming in last year. I mean, it's not like this guy just put in, I'm sure he put in a lot of work this summer, but how much different of a player he looks like, I think some of it has to be attributed to 
kind of taking the handcuffs off a guy, right? Like him, who does have, who, who had a history of being the guy at Kansas and the guy mm-hmm. in high school and having a scores mentality and give me the ball and I'll create. This is what he's been all his career. Last year, last year he looked very unsure of where to be aggressive, um, what his role was on the floor maybe when he was playing with Kemba. It's just funny what happens to some guys when you, t- when you take a player like Kemba Walker um, off a team mm-hmm. and you hand a guy like Devontae Graham – uh, more responsibility, how it how it can impact them, and I'm not <laughs> don't take this out of context. I'm not saying yeah. Devonte Graham is a, <laughs> is a better player than Kibble Walker, or that you know Kibble Walker was holding him back last season. It's not what I'm saying, but there is I think there is a relation to these things as well, and, and mm-hmm. it's just interesting to see a guy like Devonte Graham given some some responsibility here a lot. How much better he has been, Devonte Graham so far four games through the season, small sample size alert, forty two percent assist percentage that's 10th in the nba among guys that have played at least 20 minutes those other 10 guys or those other nine guys malcolm brogdon lebron james Giannis, Kawhi, russell westbrook trey young excuse me other that's eight i think Th- those are the other guys those are all that. really good players too <laughs> so so yeah some of the world's best minus maybe brogdon uh, and Trey Young, but I don't know the way he started the Trae season. Trey Young's maybe. pretty damn good, man. <laughs> yeah. So, so just, just yeah, four games. I get it, but uh, you know the competition has been stiff. And Devontae just on top of just being super steady, not turning the ball over, dishing it all over the court, creating shots. His shots are going down, I and mean, he's almost been the perfect backup point guard in the NBA to start the season. He's been wonderful, and he's not shot great from inside the arc. Um, but man, and so that so there is some concern, like when his pull-up three-point shooting, you know, when it dips, and it is because he's not going to shoot 60% on pull-up threes the whole season, you know, at least he has the playmaking capabilities to fall back on. But ultimately, Graham's been, he's been phenomenal this year. He's taken a jump that I was not, I was skeptical, not skeptical necessarily, but I just didn't know if he could excel like this, pop this much offensively. I thought he'd be a guy that could, Think like a diet version of DJ Augustine, you know what I mean? As a guy that could just get you into your sets, run your half-court offense, run your pick-and-roll, not turn the ball over, just keep the ship afloat. But he's showing off, and, and, and I mean, obviously not Augustine can can play make, and he, he does a good job for Orlando this year and last year as well too. But just uh, Graham showing an offensive capability as far as shot creation, playmaking, these pick-and-roll pocket passes he's throwing. He had another one to PJ last night that, PJ had a great catch um, and, and 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 scored on an on a, on a lefty and one. Uh, I think he missed the free throw, but he he made the layup. But just the pass by Graham, just like a a daring and a daring pass that he he can still fit through these tight windows. Man, it's been really fun to watch Graham play so far this year, and I hope he's able to keep up again some level of this the entire season. Yep, and the, like you said, you know it has been. A little bit of a struggle for inside the arc, uh, which it was last season as well. So, like PJ, he's going to be chased off three point line. Teams are going to start going over that pick, um, and and so how does how does he navigate that? Can he find ways? Whether it's the quick burst, because I don't think he has a, a phenomenal first step, but I also think it's something is there, and he has good footwork. So when he has the has the defender trailing now, you know, is he able to create? easy ways around the rim for him to score and, and for his teammates. But to start the season, argument can be made. He's been one of the better players for the Charlotte Hornets. BG, you pick a player. So we've sort of already hit some of the players I wanted to bring up, Spencer, which were 
uh, PJ, Graham, uh, Malik Monk. But just for a second, I want to talk about, in, in Zeller, but, and I want to talk about quickly um, two numbers that are sort of sticking out defensively. One would be Charlotte's defense, which is not very good. It's, you know, bottom, bottom four or five of the NBA. Given up, 45% of opponent field goals have been at the rim. Some of those, no doubt, coming on offensive rebounds. Uh, the Hornets, not a very good defensive rebounding team. They are 29th in defensive rebounding rate, a little over 70%, according to basketball reference. So, you know, Spencer, what are your thoughts? Is this going to be just the norm for them the rest of the season? Are, are they? Is this a result of them trying to play fast and, and, and run on, on live rebounds? What are your thoughts defensively as specific as it is uh to them defending the rim and and trying to clean up the glass yeah well i i think it has a little bit to do with with this style that they want to play uh which we mentioned earlier was and they want to force the ball to the side to the sideline and to the baseline which in turn means that the gaps you know in between the top of the arc and on the opposite wing are going to be wider and those players are not going to be you know, those players are kind of taught by the scheme to stay at home more often, so they're not going to be as in tune with, with the gap defensive concept from wing to the top of the floor to wing. And so I think that's where the Hornets have been getting beat pretty pretty consistently, and it happens on the sideline pick and rolls. You know, when Zeller can't get into a stance and really contain that um, action, then if it's a one-on-one situation, especially the Hornets are getting beat off the dribble pretty easily uh and we talked about this before the season like there's not <laughs> there, there's not a, a scary wing defender on this team no. uh, in terms of one that they're going to stay in front of the ball and then so behind that you know I, I think the hornets have been pretty good scrambling around the floor and pretty good in, in in helping when the ball does beat the initial defender off the bounce but like cody zeller isn't isn't a shot blocker um as we know and so there's there's nothing to protect this team once the ball does get past the initial defender and, and towards the rim. Mm-hmm. And, and you brought up the other point. Yeah, the offensive rebounding for opponents has been an issue for Charlotte. I also think that they're, they send, like I would say, like three and a half players <laughs> to the defensive glass, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I think that if, if they see an advantageous, advantageous uh, opportunity, that they're trying to send two out on the wing, right? Like they're trying to run. If they think they can grab that rebound or have any kind of advantage to get it, they're trying to send to the other direction. So that's always going to make it more difficult to defensive rebound, especially when you don't have the body. So I I think that a lot of this is style. Hopefully we won't finish dead last in the league uh, in shots at the rim, (laughs) but I I don't see it improving like too much. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like the, uh, there's a, you know, they're going to break glass in case of emergency with MKG at this point. Um, Even with Batum out, uh, you know, MKG's really been on the outside of the rotation. They've been playing three guard looks or just all the minutes. The three have been Miles Bridges or, or Dwayne Bacon. So, uh, yeah, there's no there's no stopper. There's no rim protector. There's no help coming here. Their backup centers are very bad defensively in Aaron and Gomez and Biz, despite Biz's best efforts. Um, and he actually had like a an okay couple okay moments offensively against the Clippers too, finishing in, in pick and roll or out of the post or whatever. But uh, God bless him, he's he's not he's not super skilled in terms of defending the rim and guarding pick and roll, nor is he really at executing offensively. But uh, yeah, this is going to be an issue for them all year. I'm not surprised. I figured they'd finish somewhere between 25 and 30th. 
in uh, in defensive efficiency. So, yeah, I do think going forward, you just want to make sure guys like Washington and Bridges, especially those guys, develop good habits and play together. I was a little surprised. No minutes with um, no minutes with Marvin Williams and PJ Washington together on the floor against mm. uh, Clippers, which has not been good defensively, but it's been good offensively for the Hornets so far this year. So. Yeah, do you want to go ahead and let's maybe list out the let's let's wrap up here, list out a couple of games and uh, see the listeners uh, next week, hopefully. Yep. So let's see. The Hornets are in Sacramento tomorrow night, which looks like a winnable game. The Kings have not won a game yet. Boy, they look like that. a mess, man. They do, and uh, the unfortunate Marvin Bagley injury, um, you yeah. know, I think it certainly put them behind schedule. But yeah, a little surprised. They've looked sloppy this year. Zero four. So a winnable game presumably for Charlotte tomorrow night. And then they get a few days off until Saturday. Uh, they walk into the brand new arena. I don't even know what it's called, BG, in Golden State. And that will, that will finish out the West Coast road trip. So Golden State finally gets a win last night in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. But they look pretty beatable right, right now, too. I mean, they got, they're got they playing some guys that I'm not sure would crack Charlotte's rotation, as crazy <laughs> as that sounds. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So two – We'll find out. I mean, again, shot through a punch, a few punches in the Staples Center for the better of three quarters. Let's see if they can carry that uh, over to this weekend, to tomorrow night and this weekend, to some opponents that I think maybe they have a chance to beat. So we will check in with you guys uh, definitely next Wednesday, always in your inbox, uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday. But we might see you before then, too. So I don't, I don't know. We'll see. Until then, go Hornets. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com